When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, I'm Josh Widdicombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Parenting Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. <laughs> so, to make ourselves and hopefully you feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we'll also be hearing from the listeners with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you are listening to Parenting Hell with... I'm William and Bob Beckett. <laughs> there we go. Efficient, I like, I like it. Four-year-old Molly with some background from one-year-old Evie. For some reason, this is the only podcast I'm allowed to listen to instead of yet more Trolls music. That is from Will McGrath. And thank you to four-year-old Molly for letting him listen to our podcast. Oh, God, we do say some fruity things, though. I know. Would a four-year-old understand it? Do, do, do we need to put a trigger warning on the finger up my ass bit from the last episode? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good for them to know. It's a medical finger. Yeah. I think that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, I think... Yeah, you, you're not like... Talking about an awful experience that happened to you. Or a really good one. Yeah, if anything, you enjoyed it. I'll tell you what, I had a finger up my ass the other night. It's a, it's a medical finger. I, I think that's clear, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's very clear. It was a yeah. medical finger. How are you, Josh? All right? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, Yeah, you know, looking forward to life being three months down the line. <laughs> it's still, yeah. Still, still pretty tough here at the moment, isn't it? Let's, let's, not, let's not lie. Still not sleeping. I, you don't want to wish your life away, do you? But sometimes... Sometimes you do. You Sometimes just want to skip through a couple of things. I do. I do need to make a confession, though, Josh. Oh, I no. did some audio without you. <gasps> I did. I, I covered on Radio Two. What? Um, for Claudia Winkleman. And covered for Claudia Winkleman. I did on my on my own. Um, How did but, it go? Well, um, I'd like to say thank you to all the Parent in Hell uh, listeners that were very kind and got in touch and wished me well. However, it wasn't the ideal start to the show when I said, "Hello, you are listening to Rob Beckett on Absolute Radio." Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet you the the blood oh. drained from your feet at that point, Rob. Bright red. I felt hot. Whole body felt hot as I said that because um, I used to work on Absolute Radio. Hence, yeah. and they they uh, commercial radio, radio. They drill it into you to say the the name of the station all the time. Yeah. But it was it was horrible. I had that when I did uh, I did Radio X or XFM as it was in those days, and then I did Five Live, and. Uh, more than one occasion, I gave out the uh, Radio X phone number. 
to get in touch because oh, it was just no. drilled into me. That, oh, no, that is... But did you quite catch yourself doing it or did you just do it? Well, the producer very much caught me doing it. Oh. <laughs> I was so horrible. Yeah, that is great. How was, how was doing Saturday morning radio on Radio 2? Do you it was get, great fun. Do you get any picks, Rob, on the music? You get a few picks, but they, they do sort also... I don't well I, I, when you're doing cover you don't really I think if no. you're regular you get more What was your what were your uh, what your text topics? I was doing a lot of Claudia's uh, items so it was little oh. wins and little things like that so it was, I think you don't want to rock the boat early doors um, you don't want to come in and go right let's get rid of all this shit that Claudia does there's a new guy in town <laughs> oh, there's a new sheriff with his, I've got a really good idea about you know times things went wrong at work <laughs> send them in <laughs> Eight eighty nine and nine one two. The funny thing is, though, you on Radio Two, the the text number is is basically the number of what it used to be. Oh, what the the frequency? Yeah. So what's it? It used to be eighty eight to ninety. Eighty eight to ninety one was it? Eight eight nine, but it's eight eight nine one. And I was like, that's not normally how you read numbers, is it? Like, do you know what I mean? So it just span me out Um, because it was like (laughs) you read the number. Let me find out what it is. what is it radio radio two text texting radio two text number? I mean, I should know. I should, I should be googling it. Um, also, the funny thing is, when you do get loads of texts in, because of the radio two eight like the age bracket, it's like just your mum that keeps messaging you. Yeah, because it's sort of for older crowds. So you just get loads of messages, text messages that come through in caps with no grammar. <laughs> so you sort of have to like mark it before you read it out. Because I started trying to read it out, and it's like me, Gary Lynn, to Cornwall on a five six. I'm like, well, going to shops to meet cousins. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, great message, guys. And I'm like, what is that? It's like it's like a riddle, but you just have to put a comma in a full stop. But yeah, it's eighty-eight two nine one. Oh, eight 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 two nine one. Yeah, so it's eight eight two nine one. You have eighty-eight two ninety one. So text in eighty-eight two ninety one. Yeah. But it's so confusing. Oh, that that's is how you because it's eight eight two nine one. And for the oldies say, as well, that's not going to help. Also, it's got to change at some point because FM will just sort of disappear. Like that's the old FM frequency, and now it's all yeah. digital. So in twenty years' time, people don't go. Why do they read that number weird? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I got. Oh yeah. <laughs> I went, I just bought a car the other day for nineteen zero zero pounds. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I mean, this is probably peak me being nostalgic, but yeah. It used to be really tough to uh, tune in the radio, didn't it, Rob? Oh, if your dad moved the toaster for some reason, it would change it as well. Like, if anything metal went near it. Like, so I, I remember once, so you can't, don't wear your watch near the radio. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> don't wear your watch near the radio. Um, Josh, um, I think Rose is going to be angry with you. Oh, no. Right, you've appeared on Bumble. What? Here we are, I'll send you um, the picture of it. Oh, uh, no. Rob isn't the only one on dating apps. Um, luckily, it isn't a fake account. Someone, um, we probably can't put this on uh, Instagram because it's a, a lady's account. Someone screenshotted it. It's you with a, a girl called Laura. She's oh, yeah. obviously come and seen you at a show. And you're on a front picture of meeting Josh Whittaker on a Bumble page. Oh, wow. Look at that. There we go. See, now, like, from a point of view, Laura looks lovely in that photo, as do you. It's just, you know, Laura's Where a young woman who's trying to, you know, meet someone would as if you're a, if you're a bloke right and you're swiping through and you see laura there she laura looks lovely but i don't know if widdicombe helps no i think she'd have a better success rate just a photo of her well do you think if you go on a date with someone that's got one of those photos hmm. you'd go so uh you met you met rob beckett then <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, do you, do you think that would be a, a topic for conversation? Well, well, also, though, she, you, uh, you, uh, I imagine you put loads of photos on, so I can't imagine this is her only photo. No, 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 on. no, of so, course. Like, it's of just course. one of them. But I suppose if she's really into comedy and she wants to meet, it's quite a good conversation starter, I imagine, isn't it? It is, yeah. So if it's just ones of you, like just sort of out in a pub, and you, I, I mean, I don't do, I have never done online dating. I'm old, you know, I'm a dinosaur. So I never, yeah. you know, Tinder didn't exist when I met Lou. Do so you think I, you would, if we were single, Rob? Yeah. Do you think we'd be on online dating? I mean, uh, it's hard, to, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because it looks a bit desperate if you sort of a bloke off the telly is now, you know. Oh man, it, it would be weird. I don't know why it feels sent weird. everywhere, wouldn't it? Before yeah. you know it. Because I think online dating is absolutely fine. I think it's totally. a really good way of meeting it, it, it people. It makes way more sense than going to a nightclub. Exactly, yeah, of course. In the fact, know. I've used the word nightclub shows how out of touch I am. Look, when I'm in a discotheque, <laughs> I find it intimidating to talk to people. But I think that's what it is. And maybe that's a jumping off point. If she says interests of comedy and all that, and yeah. you, she's met you, someone can go, oh, is that you with Josh Whittacombe? I saw him once, you know, and then you could, they can, you know, bond over trying to get a refund. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Yes. You that's just lovely, that one. I was, I, You know, it's, it's all good fare. We can all enjoy it. It's all good fare. I wonder if anyone's ever hated my tour show so much they've asked for a refund. No, no, you're, you're an excellent stand-up comedian, Josh. But do you think we'd hear about it, Rob? Or do you think our agent would keep it secret from you us? You can't ask for a refund if you didn't find it funny. That's just subjective. If, if, you turn, if we did a 20-minute show or turned up late or were drunk or... Yeah, you know, but if you turn up and give your best, you don't, you don't get a refund at the football if you lose, do you? Did I ever tell you that I? No, I fucking no. wish I did. <laughs> oh mate, um, I did a gig in Oxford. It was the first, not this tour, the one before, the first night of the tour, and they had a power cut, and the gig got cancelled. Yeah, everyone got a drink uh, as a kind of thank you for you know, sorry that your evening's been ruined, and then I was leaving. And a guy saw me and he had a glass of red wine. He was like, you're all right, mate. Got a free drink. Brilliant night. And I was like, you're genuinely pleased that you've got a drink overseeing the show. Like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, have I told you when I was in a train crash? Oh, yeah, uh, you got derailed. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I saw you that day, didn't I? But um, Yeah, we was in a new act competition and you won it. Yeah, but I you remember. know, who won, who won the real, but who is the nation's sweetheart in the bucket hat? <laughs> Not for long. The tide will turn. The tide will turn. And we, it took four hours, and then we got moved away, and then a guy got a free drink, and he went to his wife. This is great, isn't it? And you're like, no! People will do anything for a free drink. This train crash has been excellent. Yeah, it's been brilliant. The way they've treated us during this train crash, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've sprayed my ankle on four hours late, but this warm... <laughs> this warm Stella. <laughs> it's going down an absolute treat. <laughs> Should we just do a quick email, Rob? Oh, well, we're, well, we're here, aren't we? And emails are free. Exactly. Hey, Josh, Rob and Michael, thank you so, so much for the incredible podcast uh, that kept me going in the last year. Uh, recently, you've been talking about music that children have been born to. And I thought my story might trump a few of the others. I had a planned C-section and had a Spotify playlist of relaxing classical music ready to go. Is that my love of relaxing <laughs> classical? Unfortunately, I'd forgotten about the adverts on Spotify. Oh, no. So my son was born to a Morrison's advert, which focused on great cut-price booze offers available just in time for Christmas. When I asked my husband about this, he kindly said our son was born to a lovely piece of classical music, but we both know the truth. 
Oh. Keep up the outstanding work, Lindsay. That's great. The Morrisons as well. There could have been worse adverts, though. Yes, there could have been far worse. There could have been far worse. Also, I'd say the... uh, the, I can't even bother to go into this. That was one of the most boring things I'd ever said. Go go and say it. Let's get it out. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Paying to not have the adverts on Spotify is the best money that goes out of my account every month. (laughs) Genuinely, that £10 is absolutely worth it. Am I the most boring man in the world? No, no, you're not. But on your day, you're up there. (laughs) (laughs) We should also put a shout out for music that kids were conceived to as well. Yes. That's quite funny. As well as born to. That's that's always a good one. Um, Right. um, Let's bring on our guest, Josh. We've got a great guest this week, Mr. Mike Wozniak. Star of Taskmaster. He's been in a lot of sitcoms, really funny bloke. You've done him years, haven't you? I've not, I've not known yeah, him that. Yeah, uh, when, when I went through a big breakup, I once slept on his floor. Oh, that's good to know. He's a good guy. He let you sleep on his floor. Yeah. Andre Agassi um, always sleeps on his floor because of his bad back. Does he? Yeah. Have I told you I'm reading an Andre Agassi book? Oh, if, is, you one of those people. his autobiography? Yeah, it's Open. amazing. It's so good. It's so good. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm halfway through. But yeah, I'm one of those people that if I'm reading a book... Every time I talk to you, I bring up something about that book, and Lou hates it. Yeah, like with the Danish stuff. Like when you were reading the Bible, that was oh, an intense yeah. month, wasn't it? It was. Hi, you know, I was at the speaker's corner, absolutely going for it, <laughs> megaphoning them, just telling everyone they're going to burn in hell. Um, right, let's get Wozniak on. Here's Mike Wozniak. Mike Wozniak, thank you for joining us. Can you just explain to the listeners what happened there? Uh, there was barking. There was a. Bar- there was barking. Um, I'm even slightly breathless from dealing with, and this is the level of crisis that's quite a high level of crisis for me these days. So I'm all, golly, all flustered. Um, so yeah, there was barking. That was Pam, uh, Pamela, who is a a, a wire-haired Hungarian vizsla who lives in my house. Um, <laughs> How are you spelling vizsla? I want to see this dog. Uh, How do you spell a vizsla? How's that being spelled? V-I-Z-S-L-A. Yep. Well, exactly how I would have done it on my own. It's, it could be that I've got the Z and the S the wrong way around. Beautiful dog. I was expecting an absolute mess, but it's like a gun dog, isn't it? Yeah, but we've got the long hair type, which is like a gun dog after a big night out. Who's <laughs> not not safe to be handling firearms of any kind. <laughs> um, and, and what what placated the barking uh, Vizsla? I at all times carry with me a bag of dried bull sticks. <laughs> And what about for the dog? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely bit of business. My kind of humour. <laughs> so a bag of ball sticks. I've never seen a dried ball stick. I've seen a wet one, obviously. <laughs> I'm no prude. You prefer them wet and fresh. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the drying, the the drying process definitely takes takes the edge off. I would say. Yeah. Um, oh, they're long, aren't they? They're long. They they lose they lose some of their glory. I would say. Mm. They're not they're not intimidating. No. Oddly, when chewed, um, they they smell like um, sort of badly gone off fish as well. Oh, so there is a price to be paid. Yeah, um, <laughs> for if, quiet. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But that seems so. It's bought us some time, I would say, for now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fair enough. We'll, we'll crack on then. Um, as well as the uh, Hungarian Vizsla you've got, yeah. um, which is a lovely dog. I think are they are they a good dog for families? Well, I, I, I don't know anything about dogs, so I. <laughs> I think so. I don't. I don't, I don't really know. Why did you? Get, how did you end up I've with got, a Vizsla? There's no precedent for me in my life. I've got no. There's no yardstick for me to measure it by. <laughs> this is your first all. experience of having a dog. Yeah, I've never had a dog before. 
My wife, how old is the dog? My wife, how old is it? The dog is yeah. it's a lockdown dog. We jumped on that bandwagon big time. Oh, no. Yeah. So as soon as it's all <laughs> opened up again, you know, we'll be sending her back, obviously. <laughs> it's a hunk of Budapest. Um, exactly. <laughs> With a pride flag on its neck. So, so that, exactly. <laughs> and she's going to join a right-wing militia. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Mike, what's your uh, what's your family set up at home? You've got the visitor. How many kids you got? We've got we've got two little girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, one has just this this weekend turned ten. Uh, the other one is is seven. Yeah, Pam's about eight and a half months old. They're quite a tight unit. Uh, Do the kids love the dog? The kids massively love the dog. The kids knew that they loved the dog before they met the dog. So my my wife grew up with dogs. My wife had had dogs in in lieu of siblings. So yeah. I can't really tell the difference between dogs and people. It's all. <laughs> oh, God, I wouldn't want to go around your house for dinner then. It balls dicks all around. <laughs> yeah, so the, the children have been brainwashed from the, from the get-go that they are dog people. So okay. it, was always, it was just a matter of time before we got a dog. You've held out a good, good period, 10 years. I think one of us had promised the big one that years ago, oh, you're a bit too young. You're a bit too young, you're a bit too young. You need to be able to get involved with the dog and take it for walks and tidy up after the dog and when you're nine years old. Um, but if you make a promise to a child involving an age, yeah. they, I mean, yeah. they, they will remember that. They, I mean, it's completely verbatim. I and mean, this was, you know, and they, they are helped in remembering that by, by repeating the promise to you on a, on a daily basis for <laughs> four years' time. So once she did turn nine l- last summer, then, um, then the, the pressure was really on and we were in lockdown and... We, we we just we just waited long enough for the prices of a dog to soar to well above thirty four thousand pounds, and that's when we pounced. Uh, so it's tough to get a dog, and dog walkers are in demand now. Oh man, now is the time! Now is the time. They they poodle about with their little vans, fill out with dogs. I mean, it's they're absolutely rolling in it. It's quite good as well. But the big one wants to be a dog walker as well. That's 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 what she wants to do for her career. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the main job she sees. I think in the streets of people going about who are actually doing something. And, and how many dogs have they got? A dog walker. I think it varies a lot. There's a park we go to, Pam and I, sort of in the middle of the day when the kids are at school, where there's two dog walkers who who team up, and they they go bulk definitely. So they they they've got they've got. It's knocking on the door of double figures each. Bloody hell. Oh, that's too many. I thought it would be about six. And that is, that is intense. When, for Pam in particular, who is, I mean, it freaks her out because they're all, they're all loose and they want to see this young pup and have a sniff about. And Oh, wow. It's, okay. it's intense. She basically crawls up my back and tries to pretend that she's just an unshaven backpack, basically, until they've all gone <laughs> away again. And so uh, your children back at school now, presumably. They are, yeah. Yeah. So your and and your wife has a job where she she leaves the house. She has an NHS job and is yeah. currently being worked to death. Yes. Yes. And then <laughs> so, and then there's the sort of, yeah her layabout husband. But that means you're <laughs> stuck with a dog. I'm stuck with a dog. But I, I'm, I've come. I think I've come to terms with it. I think family life. A lot of the time, it is is just a slow chipping away of yourself resolve and your. <laughs> And your self-esteem, and um, she's very much she's very much the, the the last nail, my lovely little hairy last nail, is what she is. So I've I've given in. First couple of weeks, I just thought, 
we, we've made a huge mistake. We've made a huge mistake. And, um, you know, you, you're ruining the inside of the house. And then I looked at the inside of the house and the inside of the house is a mess anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then thought about the impact that she's had on my day to day life and my schedule. And even outside of lockdown, I'm mostly doing absolutely naff all anyway. So <laughs> to be fair, she gets, she gets me out for the odd airing. <laughs> she's doing you a favor. She is. She is. Yeah. Your girls obviously are both in school, and what are they are they are they quite easy now at ten and seven? You know that you're beyond the sort of toddler baby years, and you've oh, not hit yeah. teenage to, years. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, great. I mean, yeah, compared to to what are you, Josh, where are you up to now? Is it week, seven weeks, six weeks, seven seven weeks? Yeah, good grief. Yeah, so I mean, it's not you know they. I mean, they're they're, they're sort of fully sentient human beings and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they can yeah. they can go and get themselves a drink and all that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. You know? Quite advanced at ten, <laughs> pretty pretty advanced. So I think yeah, this is quite a nice age. I think honestly, I don't have a great deal of complaints about them specifically. But, but what's interesting is some people go, "Oh no, it's just difficult in different ways." It's just as difficult, but in different ways. Well, there's but always you're... something. Yeah, I mean, like the big one has all already begun to fathom the shortcomings of her parents. For example, <laughs> you know, she, she's, it's it's dawning on her. That actually, maybe, maybe we aren't world class. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we're not the finest minds in all of in all of Christendom. But they're still at an age where mostly, at this point now, that they're at an age where they, they on the whole, quite like that being with their family. Yeah. You know? So that it's, we're not getting the kickback of teenage or or tweenagers. And you're scared of that? I'm completely terrified. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you. I mean, already at the age that you get, you get, you get little hints of it. You get little moments, you know, during a little family spat, or during a, an absolute humdinger row, whatever it might be. You get, particularly because the big one's got quite sort of, sort of laser guided ability to 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 break down your your total bullshit and and you know, <laughs> spit your own words back on you. You know. So give me an example. Well, it might be over detail. I mean, it might be, for example, no. You're trying to be no. We're going to talk about this. Actually, we're going to sit down just for five minutes, and we're going to we're going to talk about why you know what you did with your sister it wasn't quite right. Okay, and then there's a sort of beep, 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 and she you know, she set a timer on her watch for precisely five minutes, and you said you, you said after five minutes we would stop. So I'm off. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's that seems very officious, ri- rigorous. But I think yeah, I think so. These these little moments when you have your the detail of something you've said spat back at you or, or your own words thrown, yeah. thrown back in your face, that those, those are the moments when you can sort of leap a few years forwards and think, oh, I'm, I'm going to be out of my depth here quite badly quite soon. What kind of like parent are you though? Because you're, you know, a bit more relaxed. Very standoff. Very standoff, <laughs> arm's length. <laughs> well, no, but like I can't take anything you say really that seriously. You're always being quite silly and funny and messing about. But then, like, that's great for a mate or a comedian. But then, if you've got to like lay not down the law, not for a father, yeah, not for a father at all. <laughs> no, dreadful, <laughs> really unhelpful. So how do you balance it? Balance, balance. He says, balance. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh, the golden chalice of balance. I don't know that I do necessarily balance it. I think on the whole, I'm just just of, like this. I'm, well, maybe, but then sort of maybe occasionally just go completely apeshit, you know. Not <laughs> <laughs> to sixty. So it's a sort of steady stream of like you know 
slightly under the, the level of what could be deemed as helpful. And then in a, attempting to correct any of my failings, uh, just trying to correct them all in, a, in an intense bollocking. <laughs> <laughs> and you live in Exeter. We do, yeah. And you do you move? Did you move to Exeter before you had kids, or did you have kids but by by a matter of days, basically? Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, my wife is, as you know, Josh, because mm. you know her well, is from this neck of the woods, and I think always yearned to come back. You know, salmon swimming back upstream thing. When we had a family, we talked, and I've always loved Devon. And we we sort of imagined that we would. Yeah. I think I imagine that I might we might do it when we'd we had made our fortunes in London and then you know we would return heroes to Devon but we were completely skinned we just sort of did it anyway we also have the kicker that just around the corner are her parents who I've got who I've fallen I mean I've been very very lucky with them because they're genuinely delightful people yeah and good fun and uh, sort of, and I, to be honest, without without them as a, our sort of little support network, we we would be we would be completely stuffed, completely stuffed. And so yeah, so we moved, yeah, and then yeah, few, yeah, not long. It was days or a couple of weeks maximum before the big one was born. So yeah, so moving here has been like yeah, the beginning of family life. Bosh, on you go, get on with it. This is it. This is this is your new existence. Take it away. And did you know anyone? Mm, there are one or two people, one or two people from sort of previous jobs and people who'd sort of moved around, but not, not really, not well. Certainly no, certainly didn't have any sort of mates, mates who are sort of properly around the corner. Yeah. That. God, that so must that have been quite, quite an isolating start to it all. It was odd. And yeah, most definitely pretty much anyone that I might at that time in my life, you know, have called up to see if they fancied a pint or whatever. They all in London, everyone in London, you know. So that was curious. Although they're, they're starting to scatter now to the four winds. Have you been forced to kind of make friends at the school gates? Then I'm I'm, I'm part of the community now, Josh. I'm fully <laughs> ensconced. <laughs> we got very lucky actually with our school gates here. I think. Do you know how in 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 actual school? There are good years and bad years, I find. Like, for example, like in, in my school where I went, t- two years above us, they, they were very cool, but in quite a good way, and very fun, yeah. engaging, interesting group of people. The year above us at school, 99% of them were, were toxic assholes. And then <laughs> our year was quite sort of dweeby and probably uninteresting, which I say with affection yeah. because I got some very good friends from that year. So there's a sort of flavour, and I think there's a flavour of, of the school gates years as well. And our, oh, is our year, our year, there's lots of quite fun people. So Do you go yeah. on the lash with the people from the school gates? It's happened. It has happened. Yeah, we've now got some some firm buddies. Oh, I'm tempted to do, to do a like dad's pub trip uh-huh. to the girl the girls' parents in my my daughter's school. Nice. Um, and how was that first time? Because it's, it's it's a bit it's hard to know, isn't it? That like how basically how fucked you can get in front of other people who get to go to your school. <laughs> it's basically what it is. Isn't and it? Then you've got to show up at the school gates, knowing that like you've oh, got. Oh, you had a big one, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> oh god! Small talk banter. <laughs> so how was how were the drinks been with the other parents? Well, I well, I see. I I I didn't take that approach, Rob. I didn't I didn't just sort of kind of suggest it. I went in quite. It took quite a long time for me, and my. My wife is far more sociable than I am, and she was more involved on the on the sort of tiny kid circuit when when the kids were really small. So if I went to a play group, 
I mean, I'd go and I'd play with the kid and then I'd sort of leave again pretty much without talking to anyone else at all. Whereas she would go and just silently come and leave and they'd be like, who was that man with the baby and a moustache? Exactly, yeah. I think I've read about him in the news somewhere. We should, (laughs) I think we're supposed to alert this number. (laughs) Don't approach him. Um, Yeah, whereas my wife was much more engaged. So she she developed a little sort of coterie of, of buddies that then naturally became the same year as the school gates people because we're all you know same school same yeah same neck of the woods and i i very much i sort of you know i'm I'm a coat tailor really i sort of (laughs) i found that some of them had had partners that i liked and uh, that i like them as well and so yeah it happened quite naturally really but through none of my own work really well yeah because i think you're a bit more standoffish i'd say wouldn't you in a social sense well i'm a bit more in your face aloof bit of mystique right that's what you're saying exactly and then some of the parents have got a bit of wozniak about them so i think i'm gonna have i've 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 sized everyone up and i've looked at me and went i'm the one who's gonna be the cog here i'm the one that's organized have you started a whatsapp group rob no no i don't do that i hate whatsapp groups yeah, I, can't, I won't do a WhatsApp group. I'll just I'm gonna go old school. Pub eight o'clock Friday and just see yeah. who turns up. That's solid. Well the trouble with the WhatsApp is you can't really leave I've never left a WhatsApp group. I don't have the courage to do it. No. I still find it a bit alarming when I see a little notification that someone has left it. Yeah, I wonder if it's, was it something that I said? You know. <laughs> you don't want to be the final comment before the leave. That's the absolute <laughs> hammer blow. Do you reckon Hancock's Matt Hancock's still in the uh like the, the cabinet one? The cabinet one. <laughs> I've just this week got added to my uh to the nursery WhatsApp group. I've made it in. Have you? And it, it took me so long composing my first message. Cause I was like, I don't want to feel like because I haven't been in that for a good eighteen months. Uh-huh. Why weren't you in it? They forgot me at the start, Rob. Oh no, Josh! How did you how did you, how did you compose it? Was it emoji heavy? What sort of what was the sort of tone? <laughs> well, I hard did to convey cons- tone, isn't it? You know, so. it is. Yeah, because you don't want to go at last. You don't want to imply that you're being sarcastic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, you don't I, want to go I, too bawdy too early. No. Yeah. I, meme? I, I, kick off of a meme. Kick, kick off of the of meme. It, yeah, I, I did a text. It looked like it was the um, the new lunchtime menu, but then you opened it and it was a guy with a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think it's just some more info about pickup and drop-off time. <laughs> and it's actually Homer Simpson going into a bush. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, it is awkward, that, isn't it, the, the, the parents stuff? Because do they go to clubs and stuff? Because I think when they get to about seven and ten, it's just constant, like, after-school clubs and weekend clubs. Is that is that what you're facing at the moment? There's Mike? a lot of that stuff yeah but we yeah but we i mean we're, we're not very good at the admin so particularly post kind of pandemic and things start well we're still in that but obviously things starting to open up so there's there's some stuff that they do but sport we've been we've been very bad because the school there were school clubs there's no school clubs anymore so it's all you've got to find clubs elsewhere so i mean there's literally no chance of our our children end up ending up getting an olympic medal for anything yeah there's going to be a really shit olympics where no pbs are beat and no Olymp- there's no new yeah. records <laughs> someone wins the 100 meters a 30 second yeah, jog because we sort of for- forgot so i mean they get you know they get out and about and everything but i i mean when it like cricket for example it doesn't occur to me that 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 you might want to learn how to play cricket you know they don't want to learn how to play cricket mike that's what i would have thought and then this small one comes back the other day and and she's that's all they're talking about is is cricket because one of her friends is is in cricket club and is teaching them all how to 
had a bowl and all this kind of stuff. You can't you can't legislate for that, I don't think. You can't well, legislate because she then into- tried to do the, the father child thing of of us going in the park and we're gonna learn some cricket and, and Danny's gonna teach me some his googly and all this kind of stuff. And it, within five minutes it was the other way round. She, a seven year old child, was teaching me how to bowl a cricket ball. No, well, Louisa says you do it like this. So you hold it up as if you're about to eat an apple, and then you, yes, that's right. No, 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 yeah, closer. And then you bring it down a second, and then, yeah. Absolutely pathetic sight. Um, be- um, before you was a comedian, or you are a comedian, Mike, um, you was a doctor. Yeah, Do people briefly. still tap you up for info about their kids? Because when you've got people with a massive sort of uh, over over panickers, aren't they, yeah. for kids and illnesses, yeah. do you still get that or not? No, not, no, no, mercifully... The, the friends who know that about me, they, they know what's good for them, right? And I've, I've been out of the game for 12, 13 years. Yeah. Which it means doesn't change, though, does it? Well, the treatments might. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you don't hear many leeches being bandied around. You know, you don't, we don't tend to amputate if we, unless we really need to these days, yeah. Josh. I mean, electric shock treatment for COVID. <laughs> exactly. That'll get you breathing. Well, I've had a <laughs> Yeah, so I've been out of the game a long time, and it's long enough that I, I still, I, I have like there's the confidence and the swagger, um, but none of, none of the detail from any of the information is still there. So I, I would be more dangerous than either of you at this point. <laughs> but they also know that my so my my wife is in the trade. Yeah, uh, and also she a doctor my, as well. Yeah, she's a GP. My my mm. my my dad is a is a retired, fairly recently retired pediatrician. So it is oh, right. my my dad is the one who gets the is get, has the hot phone. Yes, basically. of course. So it could be so that's that was it could even helpful, be friends though. of friends who sometimes it's friends of friends who've like never even met him and they're like, I hear you've got a I hear you've got a dad who's a retired pediatrician. Mind if I you know and so I mean he I mean, yeah, since we us and our friends started having kids, yeah, he's the the phone's been ringing off the hook. Especially in the phase when everyone's kids were very small, yeah, yeah. But that's such a sort of power play. Being related or knowing someone that is a pediatrician or a GP, it's like the middle class equivalent of working class people knowing someone that can get you coke. <laughs> <laughs> in it, you're be at a party. Well, like often you'll find with a GP they can as well, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like it's only two. With you know, I'm I could get coke quicker than a GP appointment. <laughs> I reckon in my phone book. Where you could obviously get, you know, doctor advice much quicker. And I use that. I use that as, yeah, as a as a bargaining chip. I use yeah. that as leverage with all of my friends. And I, yeah, I get what I want. And then, <laughs> then yeah, after a few days, yeah, they, they send me a picture of their kid's dick and I show it to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about this? Just a rash. What do you think about this, dad? Yeah. Stop touching it. It'll get better. Yeah. Dry it and give it to my dog. Exactly. Yeah. There's always a solution. Well, have we got a time limit on the bull's dry dick? Or how long does it take for him to go through a, a bull's dick? She, please, she, Rob. Sorry. Um, I, I, can I say something? I don't hmm. believe that all dogs to me are just dogs. I don't believe that they're boy ones or girl ones. And I get, obviously, they do have different genitalia, you hmm. know, and they are oh, biologically yeah. male or female. But if you look at a dog, there is no way you can tell if a dog is male or female just from looking at it. Well, you, I mean, you've got to get your angles right. I'll, I'll give you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got mirrors. I'm not upskirting pan, Mike. <laughs> But from a dog's face, can you tell? Well, you're not a dog, but you don't know dogs, do you? But I can no, never I tell know. from a dog's face. No, that's true. That's true. Do you um, do you have much involve like involvement with the school? Like you say, you're part of the community. Like, yeah. are, you, are you a governor? Are you doing any of that kind of stuff? Because you're quite a kind of 
you know, you've got an air of authority about you, I'd say. I've definitely got the time, right? No, I haven't. Yeah, you've got the time on your hands. <laughs> I haven't done any of I haven't done any of that. There'll be the odd I mean, apart from just being a bit of muscle now and again. So the people who do that, you know, in the old days when there were things like sports days or, you know, some some big event and some people mm. who just needed to put a gazebo up. You know, yeah. Do you ever do the barbecue on a jumble sale? Not trusted with the barbecue. No. Not trusted Tom with Bola? making. Not trusted with that. Was briefly trusted to have a go at doing face paints. Oh, um, oh and wow! Was uh, sort of sent away with a flea in my ear after about two two subjects. I think that's I think that's a tough gig. Who would not happy? It's, it? it's extremely tough, and I I did not cover myself with with glory, and <laughs> it had gone from being a, three of us doing it with even sized cues to my cue suddenly just vanishing into thin air. <laughs> and the cues of the people on the side of me suddenly became, became unmanageably large. <laughs> what did you do? What, I was just sent away. They're like, oh, Mike, uh, thanks. Mike, no, I, think, like, I think there's a gazebo that needs putting up over there. Maybe. But, I don't think there is. Yeah, just have a look. Just have a look and see if you can find a gazebo. And if you can find okay, it, put it up. I'm third in the queue. I'm third in the queue, Mike, yeah. right? What yeah. have I just seen you do? And what are my options to have? You've seen you've seen someone ask for a panda. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's easy, isn't it? Very, White and black. Very, very quickly, they look like they've been uh, subjected to a very serious gang beating. <laughs> there are debates as to whether or not the white and the black is the wrong way round in the eye patches. <laughs> there is smearing down the side of the neck. There's complaints from the, the subject that they're having difficulty seeing now. There's the eye is stinging and so on. A funny taste in mouth. Should, probably shouldn't be in the mouth or eyes or yeah. nose. Yeah. And, and then the next one. Were you confident going into it? No, no, not at all. I'm not very good at anything arts and crafts at all. And it was just, you know, these things that they're fast, they're, they're fluid. You react. You, you, if you're part of the general cache of of general helpers, you know, and someone says, oh, Mike, oh, we're, we're, we're a person down on the, you know, on, on face paints. Could, could you just go and do that for a minute? I, oh, I, I don't think that's a, I, sorry, uh, <laughs> Josie, I, I don't think that's a great idea because just, just, just do it, Mike, just, just please. Okay, okay. And then, <laughs> yeah, ne- never again. Never again. Never again. Have they ever called on your, because they must be like, you're the person that should do the speaking or the, you know. They're, 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 that happened you, once. Did it? And that, yeah, and that was in a, a general sort of school and community event in a nearby park where there are there are a few there are a couple of live things going on. Like there was a little band and there was a little kids theatre troupe that you know that did manage to corral the attention of the, of the crowd and they asked me to to do stuff in 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 between and do some. Oh, you're a stand up, Mike. Maybe you could do some bits in the. Oh, oh no! I, was, I don't know. It's a. It's not. Might not be a good idea because there's loads of. Stuff and there's people dunking apples and there's little oh, tables over. There. I don't necessarily know that everyone's going to listen, and it's probably not really one for sort of gags or. I tend to do quite long-winded stories and sort of shaggy dogs tales, and they're not. Might not. <laughs> might miss bits of it. Oh, I could just do it. I just help. I'm help getting help. Hot. Okay, and then just yeah, absolute toe curling. Me speaking to a microphone. A couple of pensioners looking at me, quite confused. <laughs> Um, should he really have the microphone? Who is this man? Oh man, alive! Oh, that's welcome to the, the community fest. fair, everybody! And there's a round of applause for yeah, just uh, purest agony. But so again, that that wasn't suggested next time around. So I'm slowly whittling down my community duties by <laughs> saying yes and then executing them so poorly that I'm, I'm not asked back. 
How, how was you at the baby stage with all the sort of night feeds and the sort of getting up and the nappies and stuff like that? How, would you, was that almost easier know. in a way? I'm, I'm a very, I've talked about this before elsewhere, but I'm, I'm a very heavy sleeper <laughs> and uh, <laughs> arguably a dangerously heavy sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also I can go to sleep anywhere and will fall asleep very quickly. So, for example, th- things things weren't looking good when I found myself being woken up by a midwife <laughs> about an hour before my first child was born <laughs> in the seat next to my screaming wife. <laughs> and the look, I, the look of disgust on her face. And of sympathy, where she thought, "Oh, this poor woman. This, this woman might as well be a widow. She might as well be alone." And she was in full blown labour. She was in full blown labour, and I, 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 I had succeeded in, in catching a few Z's. How many hours in? I, d- I mean, it was it was a long labour. I mean, I was tired. It was a long time, to be fair to me. You know, yeah, it's twenty four hours plus. Yeah. <laughs> it had been a it had been a bloody grueling day. <laughs> I was knackered. But that's the weird thing about labour. If if you'd had that day, right, and yeah. you weren't giving birth and your partner wasn't giving birth and you come home, everyone would go, oh, you must be knackered. But because someone's had such a worse day, <laughs> it's almost like that didn't happen to you, but you can't mention it. So you have to go, yeah, it's fine. I've not slept for two days, but that's normal, yeah. isn't it? That's no fine. One gives two shits. Yeah. yeah. And you, yeah, you you just know instinctively. I, I can't I can't complain about this to anybody. I don't, yeah, I've got to I've got to keep, keep this to myself. Yeah, but I'm really tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> so I want someone to make me a sandwich. <laughs> I just want to sit down and, and have put a drink. Me into bed. <laughs> During the nights in that first year or two, then were you yeah. useless or were you? I sort of worked out that once I was asleep, I was asleep, so I had to kind of like to be helpful. I ha- I had to. Be, be awake and I had to be on, on my feet. If I was on my feet, I was, I was all right. I was also very, very good at physically putting the, the babies down. The first one in particular, I'm quite a clumsy man. Mm. So sort of jiggle, jiggle her to sleep. And the, and the big one re- did require jiggling a sort of squat legs. There was a very specific position that I discovered sort of legs quite far apart, sort of bouncing it looked like sort of looking like you're trying to gently shake something off your ass, but something fragile. <laughs> and then she would make a, the noise of a, of a sort of creaky, uh, a creaky door. And then you'd know you were, you were there. But if I stopped doing that, that jiggling and tried to put her down, then I, basically there would just be sort of, hey, whoops, a daisy. And then <laughs> back to square one. So I just had to stay like that sometimes for, for hours. So my, I mean, my quads. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I, th- I want to say, I think you have got quite a powerful arse and quads, Mike. That's where it comes from. That's that, where is it comes from. Is that what from. it is? Yeah, powerful arse and quads. But that's it. But I mean, but because I, yeah, but if I then went to sleep, they're also, they're breastfeeders, both of these kids. And my wife wasn't very keen on kind of um, squeezing the, the breast milk into bottles or anything like that. Yeah. I, although she said that, Christ, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe it's just because she thought that there was no chance of me actually waking up to, oh, no. Oh, no. She was just selling me a line. Yeah. Also, I've never heard breastfeeders be, kids be called that before. I know that the kids were breastfed, but breastfeeders sound like 
people that still do it in their adulthood. <laughs> it's like a weird king of breastfeeders. <laughs> oh, they're a couple of breastfeeders, they are. They continue to do it. There's, quite, <laughs> there's a scene that Totnes, not far from where I live. I think there's quite yeah, a, I know it's quite a big scene of uh, of your of your older breastfeeder, <laughs> the elder breastfeeder. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your double figures in age breastfeeder. I mean, whatever suits you guys. I've been reading the Andre Agassi book, right? And his upbringing was insane. It's an incredible book, and I think you get more out of it. Like now, I've had kids because it's all about his upbringing, and you're always worried about how you're treating your kids and stuff. And he said that his mum and grandmother never got on because once, when he was a baby, his mum found his grandmother breastfeeding him in the kitchen. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Could you imagine that happening with your wife and, her, wow. and your mum? Just like wow! The, the How does she manage that though? She she must have got it because you got to keep your you got to keep your hand in, right? So she's <laughs> yeah. she's just been going about nursing sort of brats all over the place just so that she's ready for the big day when she's got a grand grandkid oh, of her own. <laughs> wow. Now, I, 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 this is a kind of sensitive question, Mike, Uh-oh. but I'm going to throw it out there because okay. I think we're friends. Are you worried that I think if if I was to describe you, I'd say you'd be a really fun parent to have until you're about 12 or 13, oh, and no. then you might be quite embarrassing. Oh, no. You've um, What you've done is you've absolutely hit the bullseye on one of my my greatest fears. <laughs> you, you've expressed in words down my, down my ears something that I've been, been dreading and, and concerned about for, for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologise. Okay. I do apologise. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I, 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 I would say, Mike, that you are, you know, your whole. You don't mind embarrassing yourself on TV. It's you don't ha- mind happened, making yes. yourself a butt of the butt of the joke, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you think having teenage daughters would make you change your kind of approach to life in that sense? I don't know. You would hope so, right? You would hope if you were causing them swinging embarrassment at every turn that you might try and pre- prevent them from experiencing <laughs> yeah. that agony by I, I mean I, I don't know I'll, I'll I mean let's let's keep an eye on it shall we I mean I'm <laughs> I'll watch myself but I don't you can't wherever you go there you are right <laughs> and I think sometimes if you if you embarrass people sometimes you, you you do that not because of something you've said or or you've done but just because you just because you're standing there with a big red puffy face and you've got a big moustache in the middle of it and you don't <laughs> don't really know what to, what to do with your hands or something, you know? What would you do if your daughter said, Dad, this moustache has got to go. We're teenagers. <laughs> oh, but Give I, us a chance. But, I, but, I've got a, but I've got a guest part in, uh, in Horrible Histories coming up where I get to play a <laughs> 1940s scientist. So please, please. I don't like to use the false ones because they're all sticky and they feel gross. <laughs> Do you have you done any kids TV while um... I have done a bit of horrible histories? Have you? Bit. And did your daughters love it? They did actually. And again, I think they because they're so they saw that when they were small. I think where they did it doesn't it doesn't occur to them that it might be odd that dad's on the telly or whatever. Yeah, it's not yeah. A novelty mm. just because it's been the job. Yeah, all, all they're, not, they're not impressed by it or anything like that. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, but that was just I did a couple. I, I mean, I bloody love that job. I'd have loved to do more, but it's. Yeah, so that was fun. And also that's quite a nice thing for them to have seen me in for the first time because it's such a good yeah. show. Yeah. Rather than, you know, rather if than... If you were like an embarrassing neighbour in Waffle or something well, like exactly, that. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, or 
or someone one day... No offence to Hot Bobs, by the way. Yeah, someone one day gives me my own sitcom <laughs> and I make an absolute fucking pig's ear of it and it's you know, sort of famously the worst piece of television ever made. And then that's what they see. You know, that's that's the fear. You've, you've always got horrible histories. Exactly. You always, always yeah. had a strong start. I auditioned for Waffle the Dog. Oh, you auditioned what? You auditioned for, to be Waffle? To be Waffle. Did you? It's quite an extensive audition as well. The voice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just checking. Um, but you, I mean, you were not interested in dogs at all at that point. No, I know. I had to really deploy my, my incredible powers of acting for that one. I had to pretend to be a man pretending to be into dogs who was trying to pretend to be a dog. It was complex. It was too many levels for me. How, how far did you get? Did you get close to it? Well, it was only one audition. It oh, was right. quite long, you know. I mean, normally in auditions, I'm in there for about three minutes, you know, max. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, thanks, that'll do, you know. <laughs> These days, it's all kind of casting tapes. You have to send in little videos of yourself. Yeah. And you can tell on Vimeo how many times they've been, they've been watched or in my case, often not watched. And, and oh, you can really? also tell how many people completed the video, you know. Oh, no! And that is, that is a crushing statistic, let me tell you. Oh, God! <laughs> What's been your best numbers and worst numbers? Do you want to share? I did something quite recently. Oh, it's something where I can't even say what it is because they, the, the levels of secrecy were similar to that of the nuclear codes, right? There were right. NDAs everywhere, watermarked things, but it was basically a kind of... A sort of epic fantasy thing, yeah. And uh, it's a tiny, tiny part. Uh, and there were there were uh, two views, uh, one of which was complete, one of which finished after I think about sixteen seconds. Uh, and then I worked out later that the one that was complete was me checking that the video was all right. <laughs> Brutal realities of the industry, Mike. Yeah. And are they uh, proud of, like, are they aware of what you do now? Like, and does it make sense to them then? Yeah, it makes sense. They're not proud, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's, there's possibly disgust. What? Hang on. So, hang on. You had a perfectly good, good job before, and then you, sorry, take me through this again. You had a perfectly good job with a sort of decent pension, and then you, no, I don't get it at all. Sorry. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel if they, you know, went studying to become doctors or lawyers and, and, that, and had those sort of jobs and then wanted to stop it all to go and do comedy? Would, would you support I would be it? able to tell them from experience that it's a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they must go back to the job they didn't like. Yeah. Who, who else in Exeter is um, kind of, uh, who are the leading lights of the Exeter cultural scene? Well, Katie Hopkins is number one, I'd say. Oh, is Hopkins there? Oh, yeah. And have you, have you bumped into Hopkins? She used to live very, very close to where we live until, Oof. was it Jack Munro sort of yeah, did for that. her legally? Yeah. I once did a, a pilot. I'm not very into prank stuff generally, but I did once take a job as a, it was supposed to be like a prank thing, but it was supposed to be satirical. So I thought it'd be all right. Yeah. I think it was okay generally, but there, I got involved in this prank show years ago where I had to pretend to be a host of a TV discussion panel at which various kind of sort of falsely enraged pundits were invited to talk about, what was it? It was something about the, the, the eating, some, some sort of completely falsified eating endangered animals scene or so, various things. Like that a kind of brass eye style Exactly trick. that. That's what they were going for. And she was yeah. one of the panelists. And I didn't know at the time that she was a, a neighbour. 
And I'd been in Exeter for a couple of years at this point. And then less than a week later, I was walking up the street from my house and and my wife, who had no idea who she was, I said, oh, look, there's that, um, oh, there's that, Neil, what's her name? She's just moved up from the big house over there. She's just staying on our street for a couple of weeks while they have a bit of uh, work done. <laughs> Hello, hi. Oh, Katie, that's a, Katie, hi. I just met her the other day, actually. We should, we should be friendly because she's going to be on our street for a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, it was Katie, Katie bloody Hopkins. Oh, what was she like? Was then presented with, with me, a man who had just tried to humiliate her. Oh, God. Sort of show her for being a sort of... Yeah. Oh God. Did you do, have you seen Tom Parry? Because Tom Parry is a kind of legendary guest on this because he um Well he's pretty fresh into the whole scene. We isn't interviewed he? him about six months in. Was yeah. it six, how far in was it, Rob, do you reckon? Oh, six weeks, I think, was it? Or, th- or three months? Yeah. It? it was quite and soon. He was living an insane existence yeah. of staying up all night with his child yeah. asleep on him. <laughs> have you have you seen him? I've seen him. Yeah. But he's the thing is with Tom when you see the man physically, he's sort of he's always beaming such positive energy. You could never believe that his life's so bad that, he, that he's exactly that he's, <laughs> he's living a nightmare. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't know it. I mean, those are the people who end it. up eventually, of course, committing a spree. Um, <laughs> Topless, just so, going mental. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike, does your wife work full time as a GP? So, like, how do you split up the like parenting? She's got, she's fallen into the the trap of of, of many a working mother, where she's kind of part time, full time. So she's got mm. a sort of a sort of part time contract. But if you totted up the hours that she does, it's just it's just a full time job. There's, there's no two <laughs> ways around it. You know, it's quite a, it's a very busy full time job with long hours. And so, do you do a lot of the pick up, a drop off, and all the dinner after school and all of that is that you somehow it's a mixed bag because her hours are funny as well we, I don't know we sort of find, we find a way because she doesn't want me to do all of that because she doesn't you know so she'll sometimes if she's got some paperwork and stuff to catch up with then sometimes she'll go in very late when the kids are asleep or something do you know what I mean so right, yeah she might have a fun bit of day where they're back from school and so she actually gets to see them and enjoy a bit of life and then the time that she could just spend having one-on-one time with with me she chooses that is that that's the expendable time. That's the time she could probably do without. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, which is very wise. And also, there's the yeah, there's the in-laws as well who are sort oh, of pivotal. Oh, Especially yeah. if oh, I had to disappear close, off yeah. somewhere for a, a gig or a little acting job or something, and yeah, then they're. I mean, they are completely vital to our existence. That makes a massive difference. It's the same for us because huge. With uh, Lou's parents are nearby. My parents aren't far either, but they're literally around the corner. Lou's, yeah, and both sets of parents really help. But like, it's like literally, if I had someone run me up offer me a gig now, I can get childcare. I couldn't do it just to go to the pub, obviously, they start to get the um. But, <laughs> but you could pretend it, that you'd got a gig and go to the pub. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could, but I'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, round the corner, you've got that baby boomer slave labour ready to go. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, sure, I might go and do an unpaid gig for five minutes just so I can get pissed after. But <laughs> I was working. Um, and you get on really well with them, do you? Yeah, thank God. I mean, I've yeah, really landed on my feet there. It's amazing. I've got no complaints. Yeah, zero. I mean, they're up because I'm so useless. In the house as well, like DIY, for example, that kind of stuff, very, very bad. And it's a bit like the face paints. You know, if I if I do, rarely I will be allowed to do something, and then it will go catastrophically wrong. The last time I put up a shelf was about 
15 years ago and then my wife and I were working up in the middle of the night because the, the shelf that was stuffed with quite heavy medical textbooks collapsed onto our heads in the middle of the night you know <laughs> and so so I mean th- th- there was an occasion just before the pandemic started where I, I realized that my father-in-law had come into the house because Lucy was working really hard and he had come into the house uh, while I was out to change a light bulb and at that point I thought okay Mike you're not pulling your weight DIY ways. <laughs> that this, is bad. This is something you could have got around to. And and also, looking at my notebook, did not need to go on a to-do list at all. Did not <laughs> did not need to be written down. No. Just needed to be, to be done. Are you I worry about this because is it that our generation is just shit at like I think we might just be shit. I think they don't need the at. It's just, yeah, I think yeah. we might be. Yeah. Because in 20 years, are we going to be able to help our children with practical tasks? We've basically, we've got, we've got, I think the problem is we've got too old and had it too easy. I, before we, we haven't had any major hardships. Like we haven't, we haven't had a ruddy good war, you know, with uh, <laughs> conscription, for example, to, 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 give to, us thin out the, uh, to thin out yeah. the people like me, you and Rob. Exactly. And we, we haven't had to deal with a, a pandemic in our formative years and therefore deal with not, not being able to have everything that we might have wanted at the drop of a hat. I think it also is to do with like what we do as jobs, though, because we are just pathetic like needy attention seekers yeah. that go out and talk for a living yeah. where other people do have proper jobs where they, they earn kind jobs. of you know the kind of stuff where like it all feeds into it do you know what I mean or if they've yeah, got they mates might have had to learn a bit of plumbers, resilience and all that kind of thing yeah or they've got a mate that they can say so if you say if you did do this job like if you've got mates that are plumbers and carpenters and stuff like that yeah. you can say show us how that works but like if you haven't got any of those people you just sort of go oh no yeah. and just rely <laughs> yeah. on dads or fathers doing all oh show, show me how you operate that marionette puppet please yeah it's not <laughs> yeah exactly it's not coming they in they want to know how to locally record on QuickTime and send it on a zip file sure um, we always end with the same question Mike um, and you've been very positive about your wife mm. but uh, Rob uh, what is the, the final question well it's Crosby's law uh, introduced by Matt Crosby where what is the one thing that your partner does parenting wise that annoys you but you can't bring it up without there being a bit of an argument but if she did listen to this she would think yeah mike you've got a point there fair enough oh i'd be i'd be for a start i'd be reaching for it and also it's very it's probably clear from this our chat and it's certainly very clear to anyone who knows us that if if either of us got picked off what would happen to the children would be very different if it was me as opposed to her do you know what i mean (laughs) i mean if i got squashed under a grand piano Immediately after this, there would probably be a few days before anyone noticed, necessarily. <laughs> Dog's barking at what? <laughs> what is it barking at that piano? It's <laughs> probably a bull's dick under there. <laughs> She's quite a chaotic creature, I would mm. say. Well, but that's kind of part of the fun. Both. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't. I, these are not. These are not things that I would change necessarily. For example, I mean, it might be that I might like. Were I to sort of rewire her brain so that she did know where her phone or her keys or her wallet was or where she parked the car, or, you know, all that kind of stuff, or any of that, then then you'd lose quite a lot of the other stuff as well. I think. I mean, in homeschooling, for example, 
there I was with my grammar school education, trying and failing to sort of, you know, drill in verb tables and long division into children who had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. (laughs) It was just making their education worse, just stressing them out and not really understanding anything I was telling them either. And she, for example, she had them for a homeschool day. They they spent the whole day just painting the front wall of the of the house in a giant rainbow. It's awesome. <laughs> so that, that's what she did with her homeschool day. Yeah, and they had a great time, and they were very happy. And in, yeah. instead of instead of going through the, the the probably educationally damaging process of being left with me for a day, <laughs> yeah, and and a, and a book of geography facts, you know, sort of forty one year old man trying to make you memorize the capital of Slovenia for some fucking reason. <laughs> Ljubljana. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and spell it correctly. Take it away, Rob. Oh, Joe, you... I actually just had a really, really nice, really nice time and we're just yeah. happy and then slept well and then just caught, caught up when school started again. Yeah. We might have to um, check in when they're um, 15 and 13, Mike. Okay. I think... Um, your, your your life could be in a very different way. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is the final. Enjoy this last year or so oh man. before it all changes, Mike. I've still got the small one though, right? The small one. They've got a bit more time in the small one. Although maybe she'll be, perhaps she'll become. Do they do they become teenage when the other one when the older one becomes teenage? Do they? Well, they, they, be, they become teenager quicker, don't they? Do they? they just follow sort their older precocious sister. Precocious adolescence kind of thing. So the thought of you sitting your daughters down to tell them about the birds and the bees. Ah yes. Well, I've already written that speech out. That's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-hour monologue <laughs> with hand-drawn illustrations. <laughs> <laughs> this is mummy and this is me and this is Pam she's not involved that's just for a little bit of fun <laughs> what Pam's doing with that bull's dick that's not how you do it uh, Mike it's been an absolute joy thanks for um, having me I, would, I wouldn't find you embarrassing at all um, but oh, you know, on the embarrassing just... thing before you go Mike yeah. have they seen you on Taskmaster shitting yourself they have and uh, what do they think they have well they they, I mean, obviously, for the record, you know, I mean, it was, it was a hemorrhoid, right? <laughs> so that that's that was number one was what's that? So we had to pause, and it's quite hard to explain about the architecture of of the anal cushion to a seven and a ten year old, particularly when you can't quite remember it very well yourself. Um, but they, yeah, they took that surprisingly well. I don't think. And also I was slightly dreading that episode school gates wise. Cause I thought, cause I yes. knew that lots of other kids were watching it. And I thought they might get a bit of a hard time or there'd be lots of kids. Going, ah, you know, your fucking dad's ass has fallen out of itself. Ah, you know, but for context, if you haven't, you haven't, haven't seen Taskmaster, this is where you would have to, you had to fart. I was given you? a class to, t- to fart, which ordinarily is not an issue. Something I'm known for in the house. It is the trumpet with which the beginning of each day is started. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but for some reason it took me literally hours, and I was pumping and straining to the point where, yeah, it, it literally, a, a, yeah, a hemorrhoid popped out of my bum. It's, um, well, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. But when you're over forties, men's arseholes just fall to pieces. I think it's okay to be a little bit ashamed of it. I think it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm in my forties. I'm, I'm trying to do a fart for a living and um, <laughs> developing a cute hemorrhoid. I think I think a bit of shame is probably probably a good idea. Yeah. On this, on this occasion. A little bit of shame. They took that surprisingly well, which I, I, at the time I thought I was quite proud of them because I thought 
oh, okay, yeah, you realize, you know, life isn't perfect, you know, and, um, you know, if, if wishes were horses and so on. But um, I'm, after this discussion, I'm wondering, maybe it's just because they think fits a pattern of quite an embarrassing father and it's just they, they expect no, nothing they more won't, you, they won't find you embarrassing at all mike you, I've sure? got faith. No. you promise i promise yeah we've got that you, you can have that you can have that, that from that's 100 percent guarantee from okay us. great, great. Uh, thanks so much mike really appreciate it cheers mike thank you cheerio mike wozniak there we go i love mike wozniak yeah i mean absolutely unique human being but you imagine that like he, he had that conversation with us, but I just imagine he just sits in a chair on his own having that conversation anyway. <laughs> yeah, just with the dog. Yeah, I, I can picture his wife now where he just sort of says, right, we've got to do this. And he just goes, what? And she just does it and goes, oh, fuck it. I'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you worry you'll be an embarrassing dad, Rob? Well, I'm hoping really that I'm going to do all the most embarrassing things in my career in the next five years. And then when they get to yeah. 10, I might get a little bit more precious with what I do and don't do. And then all that stuff will be in the past. So it'll be yes. like archive stuff, which is but yeah. like, you don't want them at 14 at the school gates and you're having a colonic on Sky One. That's already no, happened. No, exactly. You want that to just be on YouTube, don't yeah, you? Yeah, because the kids don't watch that. <laughs> Kids, teenagers won't see you. They don't, you got, they're not on YouTube. They famously just watch scheduled TV, children. That's how it's it just works. One, two, three, and four. They don't even bother with five. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. <laughs> bit too modern for them. Exactly. But no, I don't worry too. What about you? Do you worry? Uh, a bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it feels so far off at the moment. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Josh, we comedians, the things that ruin all comedians is one, they want to be taken seriously. Two, they get into politics. Or three, they want to be a singer. Those three things will ruin a comedian's career. Well, good news, Rob. I can't sing. I've got no interest in politics and um, no one's going to take me seriously. So it's fine. I will I will bring out a swing album. I think that's okay. It's just if you try and do a cool singing thing. Yeah, I can imagine you doing a I'll swing I'll do some album. Christmas it, classics. It'll go, it'll go to number one and then you'll tour and it'll actually sell better than any of our stand-up has sold on tour and it'll be you'll, suddenly you'll be, you know, Bradley Walsh. Hated by the whole circuit. That's the dream. Hated by the whole circuit, but... That's what you want as a comic. Absolutely. If everyone hates you, you're doing a... You're building a, you're building a swimming pool off the back of your cover of Mac the Knife. <laughs> And heating it up with my way. <laughs> right. See you later. You've got to go and pick up the kids, haven't you? Bye. Yeah, bye.